The Spirit of God in our hearts is but the down payment of what is coming. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit is our protector in this world against the unwanted advances of the enemy. We are already spoken for. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. One of the great comforts the weary Christian experiences is when Jesus softly speaks words of encouragement and love to our hearts. Hi everybody, welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the series, The One That Got Away, taken from the Song of Solomon. Last time on Life Talk we saw Solomon, who is a picture of the allurement of the world, entering Jerusalem with all the pomp, power, prosperity, and popularity of a worldly king. The citizens had watched the display with varied reactions, all of them admiringly. The Shulamite, who is a picture of Christ's bride, the church, was still Solomon's virtual prisoner. None of Solomon's display had impressed the Shulamite, who was totally dedicated to the shepherd. And now in today's message called An Hour of Togetherness, the shepherd again finds a way to be with his beloved Shulamite. Once more, he tells her how much he loves her, and he assures her that, When the time is ripe, he would come back to carry her away from all the dangers and temptations besetting her. I believe that today's word is really going to bless you, so let's go right to the message, an hour of togetherness, and see how much this parallels Christ and His church. An hour of togetherness. Now, last time we saw Solomon entering Jerusalem in all kinds of pomp, power, prosperity, and popularity, a stereotypical worldly king. And the citizens, as they entered Jerusalem, had watched the display with varied reactions, all of them admiringly. And the Shulamite was still Solomon's virtual prisoner. And none of Solomon's display, as he entered in, in all this power, in his carriage, and horses, and army and weaponry and all of this, none of it impressed the Shulamite. He couldn't win for losing. This Shulamite is the one that got away. He had 800, somewhere around 700 concubines, a thousand wives, good grief. And yet there was one he couldn't get, and it was this Shulamite. Why couldn't he get her? Because she was totally dedicated to the shepherd, and she's a picture of you and me While people may sell out to the world all around us, the world can't get us because we are sold out to the shepherd. Amen? So, in this section called An Hour of Togetherness, the shepherd again finds a way to be with his beloved Shulamite. So once more, he shows up. We don't know how he got there. We don't have to know. But he shows up and he tells her how much he loves her. How many of you have ever been in a wilderness time? where things were really dry, really difficult, just really hard to put one foot in front of the other, and just where is God? He seems a million miles away. And then suddenly the shepherd shows up. And he doesn't take you out of all of your troubles, 
but he takes your hand in all your troubles and he encourages you. And that's what's happening here. All right. So he assures her when he shows up that when the time is ripe, he will come back to carry her away. I mean, this thing, this poem smacks of the New Testament and the rapture of the church and our relationship with Jesus. It's so incredible. But he tells her, I'm going to come back someday to carry you away from all these dangers and temptations that are besetting you. And throughout chapter four, the shepherd and the Shulamite converse together. And we're going to do this chapter tonight. Now, we see in their dialogue the love relationship that exists between Christ and his church. Okay? No doubt their exchange is intended by the Holy Spirit to teach you and me how we should talk to our shepherd and how he talks to us. We can divide their conversation together in chapter 4 into four steps. We're going to notice the personal radiance of the Shulamite, then the passionate response of the Shulamite, then the pilgrim responsibilities of the Shulamite, and finally the promised rapture of the Shulamite. Amen. Now, chapter 4 opens with the shepherd speaking of her personal radiance. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you, this shepherd is going to put us all us guys to shame because this guy knows how to talk romantic. This guy is a romantic. Of course, he's a picture of Jesus, but you just wish you could come up with some of the things he says. Are you ready? Imagine you married guys on your way home tonight, just turning to your wife and saying, behold, you are fair, my love. I think you would be carrying a woman who has fainted to the hospital. <laughs> Look at all you guys blushing. I wish you could see what I see. So does he not know how to talk to a woman? Come on, guys. Give me an amen. amen. Some of you want to say, oh, me. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. Now, one translator puts it this way. Thou art fair, my dear, so fair. That's exactly what Jesus thinks of his church. Now, can you believe me when I tell you that? Because this is a picture of Christ and his church. So when Jesus looks at you and me, can you even believe that he says to you and to me, behold, you are fair, my love. You are fair. So I didn't think he looked at me that way. I thought he looked at me disappointed, disapprovingly, because I mess up so much and I'm not everything I ought to be. I can't even picture him talking to me that way, but he does. It's reflected right here. Now, when the Lord looks at us, he does not see the blotches and the blemishes that so often characterize us now. He doesn't see them. According to Ephesians 5:27, he sees us without blemish or any such thing. That's how he sees us. It's as I preached before, if you put on sunglasses and they're green, you see green. These blue ones, you see blue. You put on red, you see red. Jesus has on red sun, S-O-N, glasses. He sees us through the blood. So because he sees us through the blood, he is able to say, behold, thou art fair, my love. He doesn't see the blemishes. He really doesn't. That's why we can say there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ. He sees no blemish, no such thing. 
Then he goes on to describe in loving detail just what he saw when looking at the Shulamite, and all of these could be a Hallmark card. First, he talks about her mystery. Look what he says in 4 verse 1. He says, you have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. Oh, gosh. Okay. But I want you to notice the dove's eyes. Because notice the dove's eyes are behind the veil. Middle Eastern women wore this veil. There was a mystery behind Middle Eastern women intentionally. And you could see the eyes, but they were behind a veil. So there was a mysterious element. And he's saying, when I look at you, your eyes from beneath that veil look like dove's eyes to me. He's entranced by her eyes. Now the eye has been called the index of the soul, the window to the soul. It reflects your eyes, love, hate, hope, fear. Your eyes betray what is going on in your heart. A dove's eyes are its most prominent feature. You know, I feed birds every morning. I sit out there with my Bible and I feed the birds. And most of them are doves. And they have the most innocent, beautiful, round eyes. They are the most distinctive thing about that dove. And that's what he's saying. The dove in Scripture symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Now, what is going on here? Well, what does Jesus see when he looks at you and me? Are you ready? He sees dove's eyes. What do I mean by that? When we got saved, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the dove, is living inside of us. In the same way that hate or lust or fear can reflect through your eyes, can betray what's in your heart, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you dove's eyes. When Jesus looks at us, he sees the dove inside of us emanating out of our eyes. Have you ever noticed when somebody is really spirit-filled and they walk up to you, it just shoots out of their eyes? Dove's eyes. Jesus has the joy of seeing the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer to the extent that the believer's eyes are filled with the presence of the dove. Jesus paid the highest price imaginable, his blood, so that we could be forgiven born again and filled with the Holy Spirit from whom we had been separated. But once redeemed, the Spirit now comes to live back inside of us, which was God's original intent. And so he is seen in our eyes. Isn't that beautiful? You have dove's eyes and her hair is like a flock of goats. What does that mean? The Bible speaks of the woman's hair being her glory tells the guys, you're going to lose it, tells the girls, it's your glory. And how it reveals the special majesty with which God has crowned her. That's why the woman in the first century, you don't have to do that now, but the whole idea of the woman covering her head was because of her hair and her being under authority. Okay? So Jesus sees the majesty that he has bestowed on every one of us. He has bestowed majesty on his children. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people, a chosen generation that we would show forth his praises who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the Lord has added a certain majesty to his people. And that's what is reflected here in the Shulamite's hair. Now, next, the shepherd mentions her magnificence. Now, get ready. He's going to talk about her teeth. 
When's the last time somebody came up to you and said, man, you have great teeth, but he does this. Look here. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep, which have come up from the washing, every one of which bears twins. I don't know what that means. And none is barren among them. In other words, she didn't have any missing teeth. Now he couldn't have said any of this if this woman had not had perfect teeth. But since she had perfect teeth, he's going to brag on it. In his eyes, and here's really the picture, all comedy aside, this Shulamite to the shepherd is the picture of beauty. So he's talking about how her smile is an incredible smile. The Shulamite's teeth were perfect. She could smile a perfect smile. There was nothing, catch this, to mar her smile. Now here's the question. She was able to smile gloriously, fully, without self-consciousness. There was nothing that marred her being able to be happy and show a joyful smile. And here's the question. Is there anything that mars our smile? Seriously, is there anything in our life that is taking the joy of the Lord away from us and marring our smile? That's really the question you come away with here. Because her smile was perfect, photogenic, beautiful. One of the greatest testimonies a believer has is a smiling countenance. I believe God's greatest billboard is your face everywhere you go. I don't think there's anything more irresistible than joy on a Christian. That's why the devil is always trying to steal your joy. Because when a Christian has joy and they go out in public with it, and it's just that joy that comes from being saved, from being forgiven, from the weight and the load of sin being taken off of you, from being filled with his spirit, from being rejoined to your maker, there is a joy that comes to the believer. And when you go out in public with that joy, I believe it is the most irresistible quality to being a Christian. I've shared with you my testimony last weekend about how the first worship session I walked into, all of them had joy and it provoked me to jealousy. It's what made me say, Lord, if I can have that, I'll give up anything. What did I want? I wanted the unabated, undiluted joy that I saw on those young people in that Bible study. Joy is magnetic. A smiling countenance. That's why I tell you, when you leave church here on Sunday, you go off to a restaurant. If you're all sour, don't tell them you were here. But if you've got the joy of the Lord, tell them where you've been. Because we ought to have joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The joy of the Lord will always show itself in an infectious smile. If you've got the Lord's joy, you can't help but smile. So everybody smile at me. One, two, three. Some of you, your face had a hard time remembering what that felt like. Joy. Can we say that together? Now next, he mentions her mouth. He says, your lips are like a strand of scarlet (laughs) and your mouth is lovely. Is this guy romantic or what? This is Jesus. Your temples behind your veil are like a piece of pomegranate. Now next to the eyes, the mouth is the most expressive part of the face. It can reveal hardness, tenderness, sorrow, mirth, pain, surprise, humor or horror. A mere turning of the corners of the mouth can turn a smile 
into a scowl. Do you know that it takes way more muscles to frown than it does to smile? And if you frown too much, your face will fix that way. That ought to make some of you women say, "Uh uh-oh. Because if you're always frowning, it fixes your face that way. But if you're always smiling, it is what shapes your face in the years to come. And it takes way less muscles to smile. Now the shepherd looks at this, at his beloved's mouth, and all he saw was beauty. It reminded him of a crimson cord. Now a crimson cord, also scarlet thread. I read the story this morning of the spies that went over into Jericho to spy it out, and there was two of them. And they went into Rahab the harlot's house, and she hid them, and they cut a covenant together. They said, look, she said to them, I know the fear of you is over all the land, and you're going to come, and you're going to take over Jericho, and it's going to be a slaughter. But please remember me and my family. They said to her, if you put a scarlet thread out the window, when we come to town, we will see that scarlet thread. And if you remain in the house and your family remains in the house, you and your family will be spared when we see the scarlet thread. That is not by mistake. That is a picture of the blood of Jesus. That when the judgment of God begins to roll, that when the judgment of God sees the scarlet thread, the blood of Jesus over the window of your heart, then you are spared the judgment. Now, the same thought here is this crimson cord. He says, he used the phrase crimson cord. And this is what the Lord would see on his church. A smile of peace and a smile of joy due to the crimson cord, the redemption from his shed blood. It's powerful stuff. You know, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. Amen. Well, that was the best amen I've gotten out of them in a long time. Try that again. Now, the shepherd goes on to mention her might next. Look what he says. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built for an armory on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Now, notice the verbiage there, a thousand bucklers. What in the world is that? The shepherd saw around the neck of his beloved a string of coins like Eastern women wore. And those coins may or may not have been valuable. It didn't really matter because they were very, very valuable to her of infinite worth to the Shulamite because they symbolized her betrothal like an engagement ring. When a woman gets engaged in America, she gets an engagement ring. Back then, there was a necklace of coins that was put on the woman, and it said, I am betrothed, I am taken, I am spoken for. Now, what is he saying here by that? The shepherd looked at those coins hanging around her neck, and he saw them as shields hung on the smooth wall of an armory. That's what came to his mind. Why? Because those coins acted like protectors. What does a shield do? It protects you from arrows and spears and whatnot. So he says, those coins are a picture of your might. What kind of might? Her might, her ability to say no to the tempter because I am spoken for. So let the tempter come knocking. Let Solomon do his best to woo me and seduce me and lure me and convince me. But I've got these coins and these coins are like shields to my shepherd because they ward off the temptations like a shield would ward off an arrow. 
they told would-be suitors that she was spoken for. Her might was due to her loyalty to the shepherd. Folks, the more we are loyal to him, the mightier we are. Let me tell you something. When you say, I am my beloved's and he is mine, and his banner over me is love, when we walk with that committed covenant relationship with Jesus, it makes us mighty in our ability to say no to the world when everyone else drops like flies because they're not in covenant with Jesus. Salvation is not just getting your ticket to heaven someday. Salvation means you have entered into a covenant relationship as the Shulamite had with the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we are not just going to go to heaven one day, but we are his right now, and he is ours. And we are in covenant with him. And we wear upon ourselves, as it were, those coins. And that covenant wards off the fiery arrows of the enemy and helps us to be mighty in spirit. And guess what the betrothal gift given to us by Jesus is? Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. The Shulamite had the coins. A woman today would have an engagement ring, but guess what? We've got an engagement ring and we've got coins and it's called the Holy Spirit of the living God. He's called the earnest of our inheritance. When you and I got saved, Jesus slipped that ring on you and me. He dropped that necklace of coins around us. He put within us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says, taken, 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 bought, paid for, set aside, only for the shepherd. So the earnest of our inheritance is the Holy Spirit. Think of the most incredible experience you've ever had with the Holy Spirit and then multiply it by a hundred to the oomph power. And that's what you're going to experience in glory. This is only a down payment of what's coming. Hmm. I just had Holy Ghost bumps just came all over me. I'm telling you. So we're spoken for. Everybody in here, can you say with me, spoken for? And you've got the engagement ring on. The Spirit of God in our hearts is but the down payment of what is coming. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit is our protector in this world against the unwanted advances of the enemy. We are already spoken for. I hope you're enjoying this study in the Song of Solomon as much as I did teaching it. It's amazing how this beautiful, extended, and God-inspired poem penned by Solomon speaks right to our own relationship with the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. God knows exactly what we need to hear and how to speak guiding wisdom into our own spiritual struggles. Now, don't go anywhere. Our announcer has some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners and supporters. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, An Hour of Togetherness. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. The King of all 
TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. An Hour of Togetherness is the sixth message of Pastor Jeff's series, The One That Got Away. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The One That Got Away, for only $50 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.